Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about changes in aging services. The senior housing category is one of the hottest areas of real estate investing. Unlike regular housing that is just bricks and mortar, senior housing is a service offering built on a real estate platform. A recent workshop hosted by Health Dimensions identified nine areas for aging services evolution in the upcoming year. And on today's show, we're going to look at a handful of these areas. And later in the week, we'll be looking at some additional areas from this conference. The areas are number one, rebuilding and reengaging the healthcare workforce. Number two, the impacts of an economy in flux. And number three, payment and regulatory changes. We're also going to look at what's happening in the world of hospitals. So let's start with an examination of the workforce. Since February 2020, there's been an exodus of qualified nurses from the profession across both the U.S. and Canada. In fact, I'd say it's a worldwide phenomenon. I don't have statistics for Canada, but I do for the U.S. The only sector that's seen an increase in employment is outpatient care centers, where the number of nurses is up about 2% since the pandemic. Nurses employed in physician offices has held relatively flat, and in virtually every other category of employment, the number of nurses is way down. Nurses are down by 235,000 jobs since February of 2020. We've seen a rebound from the pandemic lows in most sectors. Hospitals are still down 3% compared with pre-pandemic, and home health care is down about 4%. Skilled nursing homes are down by 14% since February of 2020, and they have not recovered. Unfortunately, I don't have any statistics for assisted living and memory care, which is of particular interest to us since we own an assisted living and memory care facility. Apart from the specific crisis in healthcare, there's an overarching demographic problem as well. Of course, that's not new. That's been predicted to be a problem for more than a decade. The number of people entering the workforce is growing at a slower rate than the rate of seniors needing healthcare. So we're seeing a double headwind in the healthcare sector. The pandemic caused a lot of people to rethink their professional lives, and a recent survey showed that 65% the importance that work should have in their lives, 52% questioned the purpose of their jobs, and 50% have changed their expectations that they have for their employers. And that mirrors what we're seeing. Those with the best people will win. The key to attracting and retaining the best people is culture, leadership distinct from management, in management competence, working conditions, growth potential for employees, and overall employee satisfaction. And those who focus on improving the metrics in those areas will attract the best talent. Private employers who have the ability to adapt pay scales to adjust for inflation have a distinct advantage. Medicare and Medicaid are slow to adapt pay scales, which will amplify the staffing shortages in that segment. Nurses have noticed they can make a lot more money when they do the same work as a traveling nurse as compared to holding a full-time job. We have to recognize the impact of the slowing housing market on senior housing as well. Some seniors will move into independent living on a proactive basis before there's a health event that forces a move. But if selling their home is more difficult because housing demand has collapsed or due to higher interest rates, these moves into senior housing are going to be delayed. Independent living has done better than most segments of senior housing in recent years, but operators need to pay very close attention to demand. They'll need to make sure that their sales staff are really well-trained. We're also seeing trends affecting residents in both assisted living and skilled nursing. We're seeing increased patient acuity across the board. High-acuity patients are those who require frequent observation, make sure their condition improves or they remain stable. Since those patients could decline quickly, nurses have to constantly check on them. 
and we're seeing the gap between assisted living and skilled nursing closing somewhat as the states increase the amount of regulation on operators for assisted living. That's going to translate into higher costs and higher service offerings. The number of high-acuity patients in assisted living has increased 18% in the past decade compared with 9% in skilled nursing. We can expect to see new regulations around infection prevention. That means new rules surrounding visitation, screening, vaccination, as well as managing staff and resident illness. We can expect a lot of changes in the way services are delivered due to budgetary constraints. There's vast differences in service offerings between private pay versus Medicare and Medicaid. There is the so-called dual eligibility population. Dual eligible beneficiaries refers to those qualifying for both Medicare and Medicaid benefits. In the United States, about 9.2 million people are eligible for this dual status, and dual eligibles make up 14% of Medicaid enrollment, yet they're responsible for 36% of Medicaid expenses. Some of these patients are opting for home care programs, including the all-inclusive care for the elderly program, which is called PACE. We're also seeing hospitals experiencing record losses this year. That's due to a combination of factors. There's increased length of stay, the inability to discharge due to staffing shortages in post-acute care settings like skilled nursing. Legislators are also proposing new regulations to increase staffing minimums, but that's not actually going to solve the problem. It doesn't bring more people into the workforce. It simply means you have to close the floor if you don't meet the staffing minimums. It moves the problem back into the hospital system. Staffing shortages have meant that hospitals have to pay more for traveling nurses to address the critical shortages in acute care. Expenses are up and revenues are down as elective surgeries got canceled or delayed. We've seen several hospitals shut down this year, in fact, 19 in total across the United States. Now, that may not sound like a huge number for an entire nation. The overarching constraint in healthcare is staffing, along with the insurance models on the revenue side. Gone are the days when you would consider a healthcare investment as a guaranteed way to make money. But closing hospitals do represent an opportunity for real estate investors to repurpose some high-quality assets, possibly for assisted living or skilled nursing. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.